0: Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with a new KEM Top Talk Unfiltered. Welcome everybody to a new show. I did not think I was able to survive this day. I was practically up all night um, and I didn't get a lot of sleep and then I woke up at 10 and it was just all this craziness of uh, putting the flyer together, because I always like to do it the night before. Let's just say my life has been a little crazy the past week, but now with new projects coming up, I'm hoping that it will be much more stable um, and I can do a lot of things that have not been completed. They've been started, they've been edited, but they have not been completed. So with all that being said, I want to make sure that I am hearing myself because I don't know why this thing doesn't load the way it's supposed to load. Um, And then we're going to put on some music and intros because at the top of the show, we're going to talk about the Shaws of Sunset and the drama that is going on there with the, with the show and, Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, why am I still not hearing myself? And I do hear myself. So, yes, we're going to talk about the Shahs of Sunset. We're going to talk about Reza, who is, of course, my favorite of all of the Shahs of Sunset. And everything that's just, tw- I don't want to say twirling because that has to do with crazy Kenya. So I will say whirling around the Shahs group and all of their happenings. Some good, some bad, and some in between. So let's get started with some music. Let's go. Everybody to a new Maribel Blue Unfiltered. I am so excited. If you are not following the M Blue Unfiltered account on Twitter, please go ahead and follow that account. Um, it has nothing to do with Kinky Magazine. I just want to say that up front. It is a clean account catered to Unfiltered conversations, reality TV, um, ghost hunting, which I still want to do. I may even contact somebody to revisit their happenings with the ghost hunting world and things that he's been doing and musicians, of course. So I want to just give you a little update. I made some changes on the Maribel Blue Unfiltered site. So if you go to MaribelBlueUnfiltered.com, you will, of course, see that if you want to listen to the show through there, instead of logging onto Blog Talk Radio, you can listen to it through there. And I created a new page called Unfiltered Radio Show, and on that page, it has all of the interview requests, so if you're into the paranormal, if you're into alternative beliefs like witchcraft and and things of that nature, and you want to come onto the show and discuss why or not why, but how you got into it, what was your interest in delving into magic and how you are helping other people. And then, of course, as well, other topics that I want to discuss that I feel that's super, super important. Um, of course, I have my one of my cats here and they have to be a pest while I'm doing my show. Um, I want to click on the link just to make sure that I don't leave anything out. So it's marabellblueunfiltered.com forward slash unfiltered show. So here are just the short list of what we are looking for. Um, if you're a witchcraft, or you dwell into the tarot, you're into alternative medicines, ghost hunters, conspiracy theorists, and then as well as YouTube influencers. So if you're a makeup artist and you started off doing YouTube, how has that changed your life? How just being on YouTube and having to record how that changes your life, um, I think these are things that are really important because we look at a lot of videos on YouTube, we look at a lot of what we call influencers, and we don't know who they are outside of what we see on our laptop, tablet, phone, etc., all of these devices that we use to watch our favorite YouTube YouTuber, if you will um and then also i want to delve into a lot of real life situations so people that have lived through challenges in relationships and how you've overcome them and um like i said the whole list is there um we want to hear from you so email me at mblueunfiltered@gmail.com at do not be shy about being interviewed or feeling like you do not have a message, I believe that everybody has a message in one form or another. Um, Speaking of which, I was just having an interesting conversation with somebody just now. And um, I feel in my own way, they are a positive influence. And I think what happens to people who are positive influences, you have like these naysayers that want to come in and shoot people down because they're jealous or, you know, their ego is shattered because maybe they feel that's something that they should be doing. And look, the bottom line is is that if you feel that you should be doing something, then you should have been doing it. Don't start shooting people down because all of a sudden You're seeing somebody else perfect their craft and now you want to hurt them because you fell short in whatever that is. And I really hate that. I hate when people blame their own inefficiencies or, or whatever you want to call it because they didn't take the time out to do it themselves. And, um, You know, I'm a writer, and I've been writing for many, many years. I don't sit here and say that my writing is perfect, hence the reason why I took my book, An Illegal Affair, down. Because when I started reading it back to myself, I'm like, oh, shit, people bought some of these copies, and I'm, like, losing my head over it. But like I said, I took it down. I'm fixing it. I'm making it better And this is the reason why it hasn't come out yet, because I still want to add more things to make my book juicier (laughs) and unforgettable. So that part is important to me. And that's the part of me that's, you know, being a perfectionist. But at the end of the day, we all have our crafts and it is our right as individuals to be able to nurture that and share that with the world. There will always be people that hate us for what we do. Today I came out and I shared on social media the Maribel Blue Unfiltered T-shirt. I had an issue with another company. I'm not even going to say their name because they're so at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to merchandising. They refuse to... um, set up my store. They were blocking my image because they said part of an image in my image was um, possibly a copyright issue, which is bullshit. So I went somewhere else and I had a sample shirt printed up. I love the way it came out. And I definitely want to set up a store where you can go in and buy your own Maribel Blue Unfiltered. It will not have the KEM Top Talk Presents on top, just because I don't think that it's necessary. But that's just me. I think Maribel Blue Unfiltered is a statement all within its own. And of course, when I tweet these things out... It doesn't gain any traction. People don't want to acknowledge or retweet and what have you, which, of course, for me, I feel it's rude. I support everybody just the same with the exception of people who I feel like they try to screw me over one form or another. And I don't support people who intentionally hurt other people in general, not just me, but just people that I know that are striving for excellence and being the best person that they can be. And then other people want to come in like mean girls, quote unquote, and then fuck other people over. You will not see me supporting people like that. End of story. So I'm very, very happy that all of these wonderful things are happening. And this is just the beginning of it. You know, like I said before, just a little bit with, with kinky magazine, because I try to keep everything, Separated, but you know, sometimes it just can't be helped. I am working on the first Kinky Magazine Awards. Um, it will be online, it will not be at a physical location, but the hopes is that later on down the line, it can be at a physical location and we can celebrate all of our different lifestyles, um, education, everything that we teach each other, everyone who is a positive influence in this community. And like I said, when I was having uh, this conversation earlier today, and I promise after this I'm going to go to the Shahs of Sunset, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, sometimes we have to put things aside of what people are trying to do to us and focus in on what is important to us and our goals. And that is what really matters at the end of the day, that we just keep the focus of what we aspire to do. Some people aspire to be famous, and that's all well and good. But be prepared for what comes with that fame. If I get famous from everything that I'm doing, okay. But you know what? Hopefully, it won't change who I am and what I'm aspiring to do, which is to educate, to entertain, to have people be more informed day after day, and even just the whole reality television that I love so much. Because at the end of the day, which I've said before, I always say at the end of the day, we learn something from every individual on, on these shows. So let's get started. Let's get started with the Shaws of Sunset. Woo, let me tell you, I love this show. It's like I don't know who it was that I was talking to the other day. I can't remember. I said out of all the Bravo shows, Shaws of Sunset is like number one. I probably, I would say, next to Real Housewives of Atlanta, but uh, it's a step above) <laughs> I started watching *Shadows of Sunset actually by accident. I don't know if I like tuned into Bravo and, you know, they were just showing all of these people and they were showing Reza and MJ and Mike and Gigi. And they all just seemed to be a great facet to the show. I was fascinated with Asa because she just had a different type and, and she just had a different personality and, um, I just love how she focused in on her spiritual side and respecting her religion. Um, I loved that Reza has the both sides of the of the Muslim Islamic faith and the Jewish faith, and how there were times that he struggled with his family, um, having both, you know, being raised on both ends, I guess, for lack of a better word. So I was intrigued immediately. And I have been watching Shahs of Sunset ever since. So this season on Shahs of Sunset, I did, like I said last week, I did give a history on uh, the Shahs of Sunset. If you look at Maribel Blue Unfiltered.com forward slash blog, you will see here's a little history of the Shahs of Sunset cast now while I try not to bash anybody on the show because we can be all good at doing that I know I could I'm not even gonna lie I was um I try to be as nice and understanding as I can as I'm watching so The situation with Reza and Adam and Destiny and MJ, it all really started out right from the beginning. And apparently this person, Ali, who has infiltrated the group and has come in and, um, you know, you always got that one person. I'm going to say it like this. You always have that one person that just wants to come in and, be there and be a part of, and not with good intentions, but more like trying to fish for information so that they can go back and forth and kind of create this internal strife among people. Now, when Reza speaks, I don't, I believe everything that he's saying about every individual on the show, he speaks with a conviction and He doesn't lie about how he feels when something is going on. Now, there have been a lot of strife between him and MJ. And I look at it like this. You know, there are a lot of people saying MJ is very messy and all of this stuff. Yes, she can be messy. But I may have mentioned this last week. She has a mom who is mean. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And I think when you're growing up and you have this conflict with your mom, who should be your best friend, who should be somebody that you can talk to and be able to confide in and get, you know, feed. Um, And then you don't have that person that really stands by you and makes all these scathing comments. And this is your mother. I think that this, gives MJ permission air quotes that she can do that with everybody else in the group she's had problems with Gigi she's had problems with Asa um I can't recall if she's had any problems with Destiny I can't remember off of the top of my head but apparently MJ has orchestrated this drama where she was going to Ali and telling him go back and tell Destiny that Adam was doing this and this and that and this naked Jenga and all of this stuff and, um, and just making Adam not in a good light. What turned off Reza when he confronted this guy was that Ali was saying that Adam was sexually harassing people. I would throw something at him too, not for nothing. In this day and age with the Me Too movement that started last year, and now Harvey Weinstein was convicted from from what I remember from what I read on two counts of, uh, I don't want to say what it was because I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I know he was convicted on two counts of something, that um, that is a big accusation to make for anybody. So, yeah, I mean, if I was Reza... He's lucky, Ali's lucky, he only got a drink thrown at him. I would have thrown the whole glass. I don't know if these people have like plastic cups. But you know, it's just crazy to hear somebody, well, you know, tell your husband to stop sexually harassing people. I mean, like, what the fuck? So yeah, I get it. I get why Reza is upset. But then, you know, he makes a call to MJ. Now, and I I recall mentioning this last week, but I felt like I didn't talk about it in detail, was that everybody started complaining that he called her while she was in ICU. My thing is, is that if you're in ICU and you're like laid out and maybe a little incoherent or whatever is going on, you're probably not picking up the phone. And I'm sure that you have family there who's with you most of the day and they're not going to let you take phone calls to stress you out. So I don't know what MJ's situation was on the other end of the phone, but the thing with destiny also was the thing that bothered me the most. And I know I said this on last week's show was that when two people are having a conversation, Let's say I'm having a conversation with somebody who's not really a good friend, somebody that was introduced to the group. And then they start discussing somebody who's a good friend of mine and making these serious accusations. The first thing that would go through my head was, let me pick up the phone. Let's call so-and-so right now. Let's call them and find out that everything you're saying is accurate, because I feel uncomfortable with the fact that you are making these statements, and they are not here to defend themselves. Whatever her face is, Oprah's friend. I forget her name. Anyway, it's not even important, but to discuss the dead, where they cannot come back and defend themselves. It's so tacky. Why would you do that? Really? Like, why would would you bring up past things? You have no idea what retributions he's made, either to his family or to society or to a cause. Like, nobody knows that. And then you think that you're okay. Well, in in so-and-so year, he did this and this and that. You know what? Oprah and your friend, go fuck yourselves, because that is just tacky. I I shouldn't even say Oprah, because Oprah's probably not even a part of it. I'm not sure. But her buddy, you know, wrong and fucked up. And this is, like, the same thing. You know, the only thing is, is that Reza's alive, Adam's alive, and Reza can punch him in the face. But He didn't do that. He threw a drink at him. Now, while Reza was clearly upset and Destiny was upset and she's like, I don't know what to do. I mean, like, look, if you are somebody's friend for 30 years and not to harp on Destiny because there was some dude. He was like, well, I really don't understand on Twitter. I don't No offense. I just don't know what Destiny did wrong. I'm telling you what she did wrong. She didn't call Reza right then and there. She went to Mike, and then Mike and Destiny went to Reza. So now you're holding on to this information. You're not saying anything. And to me, it's wrong. That's just my own personal opinion. That's just the way I feel about it. I'm not saying that you have to agree with me. I'm not saying that you have to think that I'm right and everybody else is wrong. This is just my own personal opinion on how I viewed this situation. And I'm entitled to that just like everybody else is entitled to their opinion on how they view this particular situation. So I get where Rez is coming from that somebody is talking about sexual harassment and, you know, she's not really saying anything. You're friends with somebody for 30 years. That's when you put your foot down and say, you know what, um, I'm going to go home (laughs) or I'm going to, I'm going to call Reza and we're going to fix this because you're making serious accusations here. Not, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this information and, you know, do the whole boohooing and crying and all of this stuff. So in this past episode, while uh, destiny she gave she gave She gave uh, Reza and Adam a kumquat it's some kind of a plant and she wrote in the card you know she didn't say that she was sorry in the card she just basically I guess reiterated their friendship and Reza responded in a text that he felt that he could not trust her and I would be in the same situation too. If I knew that somebody did not come to my defense or even my husband's defense for that matter, I don't know how much of a friendship I would feel that I have with this person because you're talking to someone else who's gossiping about me and my family. And to me, that's just wrong and disgusting. Now, while he had invited her to this mud run and they were they did have a conversation and he was able to sort things out of course you know next week's episode mj seems to come back on and you see her with baby francis shams and there's just a lot of things going on there i don't know what's going to happen next i don't have that inside information all i know is that i understand Reza's place and what what he feels like that betrayal. I understand that because I've been in situations like that where I felt like somebody was my friend and then they're talking to other people about me. And that hurts, you know. It's just not a cool thing <laughs> to do with anybody. So, while right now <laughs> Excuse me. While well, right now, Reza and Destiny are in a good place, I have to shout out to Reza and the shirt that he wore the bottom that said Naked Jenga. They did play Jenga, but nobody got naked. And, and you know, and it was all good. I think that's the best way to get back at people is that, you know my own personal opinion, again, the best way you get back at people is that you have to literally let things just roll over your shoulder because people are going to be people. People will hate, people will gossip, people will talk, people will make assumptions about you or your situations or whatever the case may be. But it's all about you and how you succeed on a day-to-day basis, even with the tiniest of things. Don't let them see you sweat. And if something happens that you're, you're not going to be pursuing or whatever the case is, and everybody's wondering, well, what happened? Leave them wondering. Let them assume. Let them talk. Let them make up all this shit in their head. Never share what you're feeling or what you're going through in a situation that you may have felt robbed from or whatever the case is. Um, You know, I'm not in a reality TV show and I don't have friends that that I'm talking to and hanging out with on a daily basis. I'm not saying that I don't have friends. I just have a lot of friends. And, you know, living out here in Arizona, I don't have the same level of friendships that I do when I was living back in New York. So it's a little difficult, but that's not to say that I don't keep in contact with my friends or something happens that a friend of mine could say something and really piss me the fuck off for whatever reason that is. So I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy that Reza and destiny were able to put their differences aside about this guy, but I don't believe that it's over yet because from our understanding, MJ is the instigator of all of this and I was even making notes about this is that um is all of these things happening because maybe MJ is getting pushed out um, think about it like what kind of storyline right now does MJ have and I really don't watch what happens what watch what happens live cuz I'm not a really big fan of Andy anymore um, I feel he's the big instigator in all of this, kind of like the producers of The Bachelor. And I have put out this tweet, think is real, and I'm going to be talking about The Bachelor later on in the show with the um, overnight dates and things that transpired there. But I started to think, is this MJ's last season? Are we not going to see her anymore? Is it because maybe she does lack a storyline? I mean, I don't know what MJ does anymore. I thought she was in real estate. When I first started watching the show, she really seemed like this powerhouse woman in the show. And now I don't see that that much anymore. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that she's, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) What I'm saying is, is that she just doesn't seem like the same powerhouse woman that she had seemed to represent at the beginning of the seasons when I was first watching it. Um, So I really don't know. But in the meantime, I'm going to take a short break. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Gigi and her situation of expecting her first child from we understand she will be giving birth in May. Hopefully, to a very healthy baby. But of course, there were a lot of people on Twitter making more scathing comments, including myself, about what kind of mother she's going to be. Because Gigi, you know, Gigi, I have a love hate relationship with Gigi. There are days that I completely love her and I understand what it is that she's talking about and what she's getting at. And there are other days I'm like, bitch, you need to calm the fuck down. What the hell? Anyway, let's take a short break. I'll be right back with more Maribel Blue Unfiltered. A private shopping experience is always available at kinkyinc.adultshopping.com Receive all of your shipments in non-marked packages. Use offer code KEM2019 and get 10% off your entire purchase. Interested in bulk items? Contact kinkemagazine at gmail.com for all of your bulk party needs. And for everything else online, be sure to visit kinkemag.com. Hey, this is Mistress Onyx, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. Hey, everyone, it's Maribel Blue, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered, Episode 7. Can you believe that we are in Episode 7? It's the end of February, the last day of February the last day of celebrating Black History Month. Oh, oh my God, excuse me. (laughs) I was in the middle of burping. If you are following my Instagram account, I made a commitment this time around. I, I had said it last year that I will post every day a powerful and positive figure for Black History Month and today. The last day I had posted President Barack Obama, who was I uh, our first black president. And I'll never forget that day. I voted for him. I sat on my couch in my living room in the Bronx. I had this beautiful sectional, which I should have taken with me, but I didn't. And, um, and I sat there and I waited. And when it finally happened that he had won the presidency, and my friend calls me up, she actually lives out here, but she lives in Phoenix, she's so far away, and I don't even get to see her as often, and she was like, he won, and I was crying, and I was like, I never thought that I would see this day, because, you know, sometimes the the racial tension and the inequality that goes on in our world today, not just with with, with African Americans, but anybody who just um people of color, just in general, people who have experienced um, racism and and what that's like, and how horrible that is. Um, and it's disturbing to me because, you know I was i and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I was not raised that way. I did not look at people. Colors, I just looked at people as who they are, their personalities, what they represented. And, you know, when I was growing up in the Bronx, we had everybody. We had, we had such a mixed culture living there. We had Irish. We had Jewish. Uh, we had Muslim. We had uh, Latinos. Uh, you know, I mean, just everybody. Indian. <laughs> everybody that you can think of. That The Bronx was such a, a melting pot of people. So there was never a time that I looked at anybody as a color. And I remember when I used to go out with my ex and, uh, you know, he was half Irish, half Italian. And I remember one time just speaking to his mother and everybody that she described, she described their race, um, you know, their nationality, And how they were and those conversations were uh, not pleasant, to say the least, because I think when people come off in a certain tone or the way they're describing certain individuals, you just get a vibe that um, that they're racist, (laughs) you know, and, you know, my ex was not like that at all. I mean, he was going out with me for God's sake. I'm Puerto Rican, and you know, he he does like the Latin persuasion. I will say that, um, even though he did marry an Asian. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, wait, didn't he just he married an Asian woman? Um, so yes, it was it was bizarre, and he did he did confess to me that she was a little bit on the on the racial side, and you know. Um, after that, I really didn't want, to, I didn't want to talk to her that much. I just don't like talking to people who have such differences of opinions about um, people's race and background and all of that stuff. I mean, it's one thing when it's comedic and, you know, we goof on each other and things of that nature. That's a whole other animal. But when you're talking with, with this racial conviction, I have, I have an issue with that. Um, And I don't like it, and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Um, And I don't know why I brought this up. But anyway, yes, we're, oh, because of Black History Month. We are on our seventh episode of Maribel Blue Unfiltered. And if you do listen to the adult side of KEM Top Talk, as you know, uh, all of the KEM Top Talk adult shows have moved to Skyhawk After Dark, and uh, with a bunch of other wonderful shows that you can find on there, uh, my friend Leanne with purely, purely Podcast, I think is the name of her show, uh, you have Oralicious, A Tale of Sex. You have the, the bougie show, Purely Woman. I'm sorry, Purely Woman. Two Girls, One Mic. So there's all these wonderful shows on Skyhawk After Dark. And if you go to, to Kinky Mag, you will find a link there for Skyhawk After Dark, and you'll be able to see all of those shows and click on it to hear and, and enjoy yourself. And, of course, it's on Anchor FM, it's on Spotify, so you can hear all of my shows on um, there. I interviewed Caitlin Bailey um, on the last episode, and she talked about decriminalizing sexual, sex work, not sexual, sex work, and the bills and, and the things that she's going through, um, attending different meetings, et cetera. I know I'm saying it wrong. I, can, I don't want to say Senate, but it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of information um, that she discusses. And she told us uh, uh, a story that really just broke my heart that just makes me think of the safety of women who get into any type of sex work. And we also have to remember that we can't Control other people's bodies and what they decide to do with it. I know a lot of people when they think sex work, they think prostitution. You know, sex work is an array; it goes across the board of other than of other of other types of 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 what we think traditionally as sex work. Um, there are people who do camming. There are people who who do uh, clips and and things of that nature. And that is all part of the sex work. And there's nothing illegal about that at all. I mean, people watch porn all the time. Speaking of which, there is a woman who's trying to take down Pornhub. Quite interesting. And good luck with that, I wanted to say. I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. When I first went into her Twitter account, nobody was following her. Now I see some people from the adult entertainment industry are following her because, you know, sometimes you have to watch your enemies and the things that that they say. And, uh, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to fight, you know, powerful attorneys. I'm not saying that what she has put out is incorrect there are some things that may have been on Pornhub that is unacceptable my own personal opinion again Uh, anything that's child related is unacceptable and if you're a person who enjoys shit like that then Let me not say it, but I think people who know Ms. Blue very well know how I feel about pedophiles. I don't like them, and uh, they should not be among the living. So if you are on Pornhub looking at that shit, something is wrong with you. So I understand the woman's point of view of what she's trying to get at with uh finding some type of regulation, because again, that is unacceptable. But to say that you are going to take down a whole industry is unrealistic. I always say, choose your battles wisely. I think a lot of people get lost in the shuffle of what they feel they need to fight for. And sometimes we dedicate ourselves to a cause that may not be worth fighting for. Now, while her cause of people putting up videos of a nature that's unacceptable and violated a young person, the thing is, is that can't just say, well, this incident happened, so I'm going to take down the whole organization. Be careful how you say things. Be careful, because you don't know who is on the other side ready to take you down. And I'm not talking about, like, physical harm. I'm talking about that whatever business that you're in, whatever it is that you're pursuing how your reputation will be affected as a result of that. So that's all I'm going to say on that. I just wanted to make it clear that what I find, you know, if this thing was on Pornhub, unacceptable. I agree with that. You should not have things on there that, that has to do with a, with a teenager, a young teenager who is still considered a child. You're fucking sick for doing that. But porn as a whole, women and men who choose to be in this industry um, should not have their livelihoods affected because of it. So getting back to the Shaws of Sunset, (laughs) You're like, wait, you just jump from one subject to another. So Gigi has been doing this whole IVF treatment with much success. She was trying to get her uterine lining thicker because in order for you to carry a child, your uterine lining has to be much thicker than thinner because then there won't be anything to hold the baby. So congratulations to Gigi. Her lining thickened and she is with child cuz like i said before she is expected to be uh to she's due in may hopefully not on my birthday <laughs> somebody i couldn't stand i'm not saying i can't stand gigi but somebody i couldn't stand got married on my birthday and now i think they're they're getting a divorce so i'm glad no more celebration with that <laughs> it's like my my birthday was almost ruined so I think one of the things that I wanted to discuss with Gigi being with child is that a lot of people had a lot of comments to make on her being a mom, because we all know that Gigi likes to smoke a lot of weed. Now, I do not smoke or drink anything because I had those things taken away from me 29 years ago. Well, almost 29 years ago, June will be 29. With all that being said, I don't begrudge anybody if they want to drink, smoke, or what have you. Um, But when you're doing it to an extreme that um, kind of gets in the way of you accomplishing your goals, then there's something wrong with that. So they say that motherhood changes you. Perhaps it does. I don't know. I'm not a mom. But I will say this, that I hope that this upcoming motherhood with Gigi will change her in ways that will be much more positive and effective for her and her life. And I also want to say kudos to the fact that she can do this because not many women can you know they don't have the capabilities to freeze eggs because it's very expensive they don't have the capabilities to maybe uh raise a child on their own i mean you know women have had less and they have come out on top in raising really great children and sometimes i wish i didn't i didn't pass up that opportunity um to be a mom And what kind of a mom I could have been. Like, who knows? But congratulations to Gigi. And uh, I pray that you will have a healthy baby. So good for her. Good for her. I'm going to take a quick break. I am going to play some intellect music. I got to step away for a second because I've got to look something up. But I will be right back with more unfiltered because I want to talk about the bachelor and what happened this week. So we are going to get more unfiltered. I will be right back.
1: Across the globe, we the voice of the people, case you ain't know. I wanna look through some better optics, not money, but I wanna be a street prophet. Think and take a trip to the Baltic, show them that Americans aren't the ones toxic. Just the president's the only one psychotic, till the world turns off, or it's like gothics. On a of catastrophic, what happens to the logic? The world's so chaotic. Think I wanna move out to the tropics. Am I wrong right now if I change topic? Racism got so chronic. With the ignorant with being color agnostic? Then we can share true knowledge. So then I'ma look up at the sky, cosmic. Like I'm from another world, adopted. Those in my inner circle hate, so I'm caustic. When I think about it, all I'm it me so nauseous. All I wanna do is see my team prosper. Why they view so acute, myopic. Got to on me to get them straight orthodontic. As the clock tick ticks, I get all tick, but I gotta expand. Because they flow drip drip like a faucet. Brainstorm flash flow while my thoughts hit. Just wanna electrify your soul close your eyes, open your ears, we expose truth and light across the globe. We the voice of the people, case you ain't know. Case who ain't know, case you ain't know. Case who ain't know, case they ain't know. In case you ain't know, in case they ain't know. Man, I know. Just wanna electrify your soul close your eyes, open your ears, we expose truth and light across the globe. We the voice of the people, case you ain't know. Case who ain't know, case you ain't know case you ain't know, in case who ain't know, in case they ain't know, in case you ain't no, in case they ain't no, in case you ain't know. Shh, man, I know. One nine nine seven when I entered the game. Two zero one nine nine eight. eight I was a young DJ, spinning vinyl, dubbing mixtapes, chase, packing up my backpack, skipping finals. Now everybody obsessed with money and fame, and you rarely hear a record expressing funnier pain. Instead, people are choosing the clummiest lane, choosing to turn a blind eye on, corruption to shame. Half the world's under the curse, while we levitate and meditate, overcoming no one worth. The power of positive thinking. We shower the earth with gems, creating manifesting greatness. I might not be the first to say this, but I want to be the best at my creation. Put me on your playlist. Intellecting East, spitting the basics. Over vintage beats, relinquishing the origin of the culture, you don't have to say shit cause you a vulture, and I'm a revolutionary and I'ma handle the biz, from the label to the fiduciary, the results are in, not guilty for telling the truth, my prediction is we'll recoup the earth, and I know this cause I'm a true visionary, just wanna electrify your soul, close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose, truth and light across the globe, we the voice of the people, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case they ain't know, in case you ain't know, in case they ain't ain't know, in case you ain't know, man. I know. Just wanna let you find your soul. Close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose truth and light across the globe. We are voice of the people. Case you ain't know. Case who ain't know. Case you ain't know. Case who ain't know. Case they ain't no In case you ain't know. In case they ain't no In, In, In case you ain't know. man. I know. Man, I know.
0: Locked in Lust is number one in chastity devices and the complete male experience. Shop the Vice Mini, Standard, and Plus and use promo code AlyssaB at checkout. Visit KinkyMag.com and click on their top banner ad, LockedInLust.com.
1: Hey, this is Bus Pimp, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio.
0: Hey, everyone. I am back. I am so sorry about that, but I literally had to tend to something and thank goodness for intellect and his song that it gives me enough time to take care of what I needed to take care of. So with all that being said, I left off with congratulating Gigi on um, her IVF success and that she's going to be a mom and hopefully she will be the best mom that she can be. I wanted to talk a little bit about Nima because I have concerns over his his presence on the show. Nima came in last season. He had a girlfriend, but for some reason he was taken by Gigi And basically ruined his relationship because he, quote-unquote, almost kissed somebody else. And that ended his relationship with his girlfriend. And I didn't even know this, but apparently his girlfriend is still around. Well, she's not his girlfriend anymore. It's his ex-girlfriend. But they work together. And I completely forgot about that, that she was involved in his business. And that she was still present, I guess, in his life. And, you know, he mentioned on the show that she is the right woman that came in at the wrong time in his life. I call bullshit on that. I'm sorry. But it's just like, how does the right person come into your life at the wrong time in your life? If that is the right person, you better make shit right. That's all I'm saying. Make shit right in your life and come correct. Because I have seen so many relationships get fucked up for no reason at all, and it's it's fucked up that Nima ruined a a possibly good relationship. I mean, I I don't know what what happened or what was going on in between. What made him so taken by Gigi, and why he felt the need. To ruin his ruin his relationship like that, I really don't know. I mean, you know, he helped Gigi last year with Musa putting that whole shit together for her proposal and all of this stuff. But I don't know. I mean, other than that, he, he makes this comment about how they filled a void. You know, I don't know who he was married to before, but he was married. He hired the ex girlfriend as an assistant. She wasn't a girlfriend at the time. I forget her name. But he hired her as his assistant. A year had gone by after his divorce, and he felt like he needed a date. He asked his assistant out, and a relationship flourished from there. Shit happens, you know you can't t- you can't like not take away what the heart wants. Apparently, he had an attraction to his assistant, and then they started working together. I'm saying this because I have my own personal experience with being an assistant and working with somebody that I was attracted to. And I think he was attracted to me, too. The only thing is he took the easy way out. <laughs> I had to drink some of my Diet Coke after saying that. So if you're listening, there's no shame in your game. I just, I'm just saying. Because I am single and free and have been for most of the time that I've been living out here. 'Cause I know the other one is listening too. <laughs> That's a whole a whole other hot mess. Oh my goodness. Somebody tells me last night, you live a very interesting life. And I said, I may live an interesting life, but there are some things I just don't want want to be a part of. I really don't. But I'll get into that later. Later on in the show So yeah I mean Nima Who knows what's going to transpire Later on this season I mean we're only in the second episode of Shots of Sunset There's a lot to be unfolded We have Mike Let's talk a little bit about Mike really quick He has a new girlfriend named Paulina He's in love with her She's planning their wedding He hasn't even asked her I mean Mike I love Mike. I think Mike is the person that, that not keeps the group together, but I guess keeps it real in some sort of way. And I love when him and Reza are together and they're collaborating and, you know, and they're friends. I love all of that. What I think is disappointing is that Mike just hasn't been good in the relationship area. And look, You know what? I'm disappointed too in myself. It's just like I haven't been good in the relationship area either. So I get it. But I'm not also a person who jumps from one relationship to another talking about how I love this person and they're the right person for me and all of this stuff. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden, like at the last minute, I bail out or I go and cheat or whatever the situation is, because we all know that Mike was married to Jessica. She converted to Judaism for him. They got married and he cheated on her. And to me, I mean, that hurt me. It's like, how could you do something like that? You had a really great woman. But again, this is everything that we are seeing on TV. It is edited for television. So we're seeing a bird's eye view of this cast we as as the public watching them we're not interacting with them on a daily basis I remember when I first started watching the Beverly Hills the the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills I wanted it so bad that I felt I was one of them and then when the show was over and I sat back and I looked at myself. I was not happy at what what I was seeing. I was, it made me more depressed. I'm like, damn, I'm watching these women. Why can't I be like that? Why can I have that? And all this why, 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 instead of getting up and just doing it. Because there were so many things that I was doing before this. I was one of the early YouTube people. I was on YouTube and I would just turn on, you know, my video camera that came with my laptop and I would video myself and talk about all of these different early on reality TV shows and The Bachelor and all of that good stuff. And then one day I got depressed and I stopped. And the world kept going on, you know, and I can't be angry about that and say, oh, you know, like, why am I not there? I'm getting there. There's no reason for me to be angry when I can still do it. And, you know, with Mike, I think that he just keeps trying. But I think sometimes when it comes to relationships, you got to try but tread with caution. You can't just believe that every person that you meet is like the right and perfect person. Now, she seems that way. She has a child from another relationship. I don't know what her situation is, but she's pretty pushy. I would say that much. She's a little bit pushy. Like I said, you know, she's planning weddings and all of that stuff. And Mike has a lot to prove. He is in a situation now where he has him and his brothers, I believe they own some kind of a building. They're going to tear it down and build something else i think something taller and the parents are concerned can mike make a commitment and project manage this building being built and getting into real estate being that his brothers i think they're both dentists they're both very successful in their own right and mike has kind of been all over the place you know he was doing shoes he was you know, doing other things, real estate. He was trying to do real estate with Reza. I mean, there was just a whole bunch of stuff that that he got into and never really flourished or make a made a, a real commitment. So we'll see what happens. That's just another that's just another thing in in the making. Um, and I I think I'm just gonna end it with with this that um Yeah, I'm just going to end it with this. It's you know, more will be revealed next week. MJ comes back and you know, we get to see the baby. Um I don't know what the situation is because if you've seen the coming attractions, you will see Tommy, MJ's husband, going to Reza's house and throwing things and and breaking things. So there's a lot going on in the Shah's world, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Reza, keep doing you. Keep being fabulous. I love you. And now we have to move on to the next show. I want to talk a little bit about Project Runway because I'm a little disturbed by one of the designers. And I brought this up last week on last week's show. So there's a, a designer, his name is Sergio, and he has really this ridiculous, distorted sense of view of trying to combine politics with his fashion statements. So much ridiculousness that last week he made a comment, or the week before, I, I know I talked about it last week, but he had made a comment in one of the episodes that, um, I think it was two weeks ago that the 1950s was a great time for America. And he said this in front of one of the judges who is African American and she found that insulting, rightly so. Anybody knows how the 1950s were? (laughs) We all know that Quote, unquote, colored people had separate entrances. They had to drink from separate fountains. They had to go to separate schools. Couldn't converge with the white man. And this stupid-ass designer, he's talking about how America was great in the 1950s. His ass should have been eliminated just for that. Who says that? Who says that? This dummy over here. Okay. And then this is what kills me is that this designer is a gay man. What do you think they were doing to gay people in the 1950s? And you want to sit there and talk about how America was great in the 1950s. You's a fucking asshole. For real. This is what makes me sick about people. If you're going to talk history, you better know what the fuck you're talking about. Don't come out of left field by whatever you found on Google Images. It don't work that way. Maybe taking a college course here or two about American history normally helps. Maybe going to the library. I mean, shit, they're in New York. They got that big ass library on Fifth Avenue across. The, well, they're not. They're not uh, staying in, in in Midtown Manhattan. So I was gonna say across the street because they used to do the filming there on Seventh Avenue, which is also considered Fashion Avenue in the '40s. But you have the library there on Fourth Street and Fifth Avenue. Hey, let me tell you something. I haven't. I have. I left New York four years ago, but that's my home. I was born and raised there. I know where everything is. Okay. So to say something so stupid like that, low class, but needless to say, why, why is he there? Moving on next to Victoria. She's another designer who is constantly in distress week after week. And she ends up making the same thing week after week. And while Some of the judges are getting tired of what they're seeing week after week. They seem to keep her week after week. Last week, nobody got eliminated. It was an Olympic challenge, and um, it was for the disabled people. So you had a girl who had one leg and the other leg was um, a prosthetic. You had one woman in a wheelchair But then also, not others were disabled. Some of them were really, like, super tall. And sometimes when you're big and tall and you're athletic, you find you have trouble finding clothes that will fit you and fit your physique. And there was one woman. She wanted this dress. I don't even know why she wanted it. She must have seen it somewhere. Maybe she thought she was going to look good in it. But this is what killed me with the judges. They sat there. And they talked about each person's design while they were there and said nothing bad. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to have a conversation with the designer. So thank you for coming and all of this stuff. And they just ripped everybody, mostly everybody to shreds, with the exception of this woman, Nancy, who's on there. And, you know, I have to say, I think that Nancy was a little over the top for me. I just felt that her affection to the person that she had, she had a person in a wheelchair, and she did a beautiful design for her, but it was just, oh, my God, you know, she's clapping, and she's cheering, I mean, it's like, come on, bitch, you have friends that are in wheelchairs that you're carrying on like this, that you care, so much? are you part of some kind of charitable organization, you're helping I have not heard her once say anything about that. And then here we have this challenge and she's just like over the top, practically doing fucking cartwheels. And you expect me to believe that you care. I just find it a little hard to believe her affection for the disabled community. Needless to say, she did win the challenge. She did make something nice for the woman who was in a wheelchair. And I commend her for that but I also thought that she was phony. And then when Victoria found out that nobody was going home, she put a face, like you saw her face. And she goes, oh, you know, I don't understand why nobody's going home. I'm asking the Project Runway people, why are you keeping this woman? She is making like half of a design. One half is short, the other half is long. I mean, it's like, how many of those outfits you can make over and over and over again and it not be boring. I don't know what's going on with Project Runway. You know, I used to watch it when it was on Lifetime. And then they moved back to Bravo. I didn't watch the the first season when it came back, which was season 17. I'm watching season 18. And it's weird not having Heidi there. It's weird not having Tim Gunn talking about Make It Work. You have Christian there with this weird kind of hairstyle where his hair is flat. I'm not used to him having this flat kind of hairstyle. I know I'm I'm being like mean, but <laughs> I'm in my element right now. And then, you know, and then when he comes over to people to talk to them about their designs, he just kind of has, like, this look on his face, like, yeah, what, what, what are you making now? Like, what kind of shit is this? Like, explain to me. That's, like, the look that he has. Like, look at, look at this shit. And now I'm supposed to, you know, come here and critique it. And he's a, half of the time he's not even nice. And you have Sergio because he designed for Billy Porter the one fucking dress that he did for Billy Porter. You know, he looks at Christian like he's a gnat. Oh, well, I'm not going to listen to Christian because I know my aesthetic and I know my design. Well, bitch, what are you doing on this show? Give somebody else a chance if you know yourself so well. I mean, this is what I don't understand. And what bothers me about this is that if these designers have designed for Katy Perry, for Billy Porter, for Britney Spears, or you know, anyone, anyone who's famous. Why are they on this show? Are they just kind of like this secondary person working for like Michael Kors, let's just say, like working in the factory. You have you have all of these different designers but they're not like the top designer in the fashion house of designs, I guess. I'm not really familiar with with the fashion world per se, like how that works inside. So if you're a fashion professional and you know about these things, I'd love to have you on the show and I'd love to interview you because, you know, I'm only going by what I see and um, what I see on on these shows and how everything works. You know, I mean, you had Gianni, Gianni Versace, who, you know, at the time when he was alive, before he was brutally murdered, He was the head honcho, and then I guess his sister took over, but you got to have, like, other people that are kind of giving in their feedback and creating these designs, even though Gianni Versace's name is the label. So I don't know if, if that's the way it works for them. Well, I designed for Katy Perry, but your name is not on it. So somebody else's name is on it, and you help contribute the design I mean I don't I don't know how it works This is the only reason why I'm guessing Because you know I'm thinking If you're designing for all these people You should be like floating in some dough And they're not So <laughs> I just wish Sergio would shut up What's the unfortunate thing Is that you know that he's going to be One of the top three I was just finishing up this last episode So I don't know what happens but uh i'm almost finished with it i had to take a an important call and and i was like you know this this can wait you know cuz i always try to make myself available to people who need to talk and who need to reach out to me and to me that's that's important that's what you know makes the makes the difference in in everything that i do I'm sure that Sergio is going to be one of the top three. What I really like to see is Marquise up there because he got thrown off, but because this other woman was on there and she was just having a hard time. I mean, this woman, she looked like she was knocking on death's door. She couldn't keep herself together. And she was, she turned white as snow. I mean, she just, She was an Asian chick and she had light skin, but I never seen anybody get whiter than white. Like she just looked like she was going to die. And I think, you know, when you go on these shows, especially like a show like Project Runway, I don't know how much sleep anybody is getting, but basically you're creating, you have a one day challenge or you have two day challenges and you have to make an outfit. It's not like, you have time, you know, for like a two-hour break, you know, when those two hours you could be completing your design. So kudos to people who go on these shows and really sacrifice their life to do all of this. But then I really hate when you have people like Sergio who sit there, well, I don't need to listen to these comments. I think the judges are Afraid of me and afraid of who I am. Ain't nobody fucking afraid of you, stupid ass. Come on, get a grip on yourself. He reminds me of some people on Twitter. Oh, you know, I I am just who I am and and I'm, you know, famous and I'm gonna be famous. Famous for what? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's just like I'm so clueless about that. I'm clueless. What are you famous for? What do you want to be famous for? What are you doing? No answer. I get no answer whatsoever. None. You want to tear people down, but then you yourself have nothing to show for it. Nothing. Nobody cares about what you're doing. (laughs) You know, I'm just saying. I'm not even talking about Project Runway. (laughs) I'm talking about people I know. That I used to know. <laughs> I don't speak to anymore. There's a reason why I don't speak to some of these motherfuckers. Because uh, they're phony as shit. And when I find out that you're phony. And when I find out that you're stealing ideas. And all of this shit. I want nothing to do with you. Whether you stole my idea or stole somebody else's idea. I don't want anything to do with your ass. Ugh, people are like so shady. Speaking of Shady. Let's talk about The Bachelor, because I want to wrap this up. I'm tired. I want to lay down. I want to finish watching Project Runway. So, this week on The Bachelor, (laughs) we had the overnight dates. Now, if anybody has been watching The Bachelor, we all know that Madison is a virgin, And she is one of the top three because, you know, he sent Kelsey home. I don't even know why he had her there in the first place. I mean, sometimes you wonder, you sit back and you look at these shows, why did they keep them that whole time if they knew that that wasn't the person that they wanted to be with? You know, just get to the fucking point. Stop lingering around and and carrying on with these people and meeting their family. And then all of a sudden, you're kicking them to the curb. And they were like, well, I don't understand what happened. And I'm on the other end of the TV talking about, I don't understand what happened either. Like, why the fuck you kept them for? You went to the family to have a free fucking meal. And then, you know, I have to say with the hometown dates, let me just talk a little bit about the hometown dates. They are so staged. When was the last time I brought somebody home to my, my parents? Well, my parents came here and somebody was already here. So let's not talk about that because that's not even a good example. <laughs> that's an example of chaos and insanity. But hometown dates, when people like, you know, you, you're meeting the person and then all of a sudden in the middle of dinner, like literally in the middle of eating, the person is like taking the first bite. And then all of a sudden you got the dad, let's have a conversation. And I'm like, Can the dude finish eating like he just took a bite out of his food? I mean, that's the way it looks like because, you know, the plate is full. Now they got to walk away, you know, and then you got the other side, the sisters, you know, "Let's, let's have a conversation. Conversation about what? Do you do that in real life? Everything is so fucking staged and stupid. I mean, it's like, I do not talk to my sister about my relationships and my sister does not talk about hers and I don't think that it's because of anything you know like even my brother like my brother doesn't talk about his girl or anything like that like or seeking advice it's kind of like personal I guess and you know when we're growing up my sister and I were not happy about something or we didn't like a certain person. Yeah. We would talk about it. We would talk about it with my brother. I mean, because when my brother came along 12 years later, you know, I was, I was 12 years old when he was born. Um, so, you know, when he was old enough to understand us and, and how we were, we would include him, you know, in our, in our little sort of banter, or whatever. But after a while, you grow the fuck up, you get your own relationships, you get your own friends. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I, I'm I in touch with my sister every day. I, I'm not in touch with my brother every day, but I, for the most part, you know, I keep in contact with him as much as I can um, because I know he works odd hours. And it's just weird with these constructed conversations that go on on these shows, you know, I don't think that if I brought anybody home to my house, to my family, anybody that was I was involved in, that my father is going to stop eating in the middle of dinner and talk about come over here. I, I want to talk to you because I want to find out your intentions. Okay, for for time constraint, because it is hometown dates, and who knows how many hours they're spending with the family before they have to drive off to the next state to be with the other bitch. Um, the thing is, is that these these constructed conversations, like you know, and the tears and all of that stuff, I just feel like it's so phony there's nothing sincere about anything that's going on in on these hometown dates i think the only sincere part was what happened with victoria that i mentioned last week when you had the ex-girlfriend her face was blurred out because why should she show her face you know and she's telling her ex it's not a good idea for you to go out with that girl because she breaks up relationships well bitch what the fuck are you trying to do you're trying to do the same thing and you don't even have the balls to show your to go back to the hole where you came from but, again, like I said, I have put out this tweet, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what that tweet is. Hold on. Let me go into my media. Because this is the way I felt after I had watched the, the overnight dates. Here's what's strange. The overnight dates, Traditional. Every woman, the three women left, they have their own room. Why was it that they were all shackled up together in one room? It's not like the producers don't have a a budget. They could clearly afford for each woman to have their own room. But no, because we got to play on Madison's virginity. So we got to get her reactions, watching her go out on a date with Hannah-spoiled Anne. And then the next day, Victoria. Now, by then, the third day, the girl is all fucked up. Because now she doesn't know he spent the night with the first bitch. Then he spent the night with the second one. Come on, now. How are you going to toy with somebody's feelings like that? Okay, I don't agree with her radicalized Christianity bullshit. That's my own personal opinion. But to fuck with somebody like that, watching her see one woman go off on a date, and then watching her come back the next day, and then watching the, the other one leave the same day so that she can come back the next night. Now, you know, he bang them two women. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little something because I hang out with my people. <laughs> That's some fucked up shit, let me tell you. Maybe I'm watching too much Real Housewives of Atlanta because I love that show. But let me tell you, that is some fucked up shit. So I tweeted this out. The contestants of The Bachelor have become a band of puppets for the producers to toy with. And we, as the viewers, get to watch everyone's self-esteem get knocked down. Let me tell you, there are some people, I mean, this tweet, I would have to go into my account because I'm reading it from my Maribel Blue account. Um, But I would have to go inside my account. But this tweet was viewed, I'm going to tell you in a minute. And I don't don't know if if that means anything, but um, it had over 5,800 impressions, whatever that means. Times how many people saw this on Twitter there was some interaction with that tweet but I think everybody had the genuine concern or the, the, the same consensus of why were the three women all in one room well we all know why they were all in one room because they the producers wanted to fuck with this woman would have made it worse to um, have her by herself. No, I mean, would 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 she probably still be in some form of distress? Maybe, but you know, um, the fact is is that I think it was taken a little too far to do that. When she finally had her date with Peter, that's when she comes out and tells him, you know, um, that I'm trying to remember. Did she tell him on the night that she didn't want women to be intimate? She didn't want him to be intimate with the women? Or did she tell him? I can't recall. But anyway, long story short, he did confess to her that he was intimate with the both of them. And she got up and she walked out and, you know, he hugged her and he said he didn't want her to go. Now, of course, now this all stems from the speculation of why the mother was crying. This is what love stories are made out of. Bring her home to us. It's so fucking over the top. I mean, it's like, oh my God. I'm saying to myself, does anybody live like this in real life? Do you have parents that when you, when you want to be with somebody else, do they cry to you and say, no, be with the other person because we love them. This is what love stories are made out of. I don't fucking know. I mean, I don't, my parents don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if anything, they opened up my eyes to the last asshole I was with. I didn't want to see it in the beginning. But eventually when he was gone... I did. And thank goodness for that. What I think is going to happen with the bachelor is that I don't think that he's going to wind up with Madison only because of the fact that he did engage in some kind of intimate activity with Hannah Ann and with Victoria. Now, let's just set the record straight that uh, intimacy does not mean sex. Intimacy can be a lot of different things and can include sex. Peter never came out and said, yeah, you know, I fucked the both of them. (laughs) He didn't say that. He just basically said that he was intimate with them. And she took it as that there was a sexual contact between Hannah Ann and Victoria, and she was affected by that. But my other thing is, here's the flip side to that, and I think I said this last week, you knew exactly what show you were coming on. You knew exactly what happens when these overnight dates come about. To give somebody some type of an ultimatum, what if she was the first one? And then he still ended up doing it with with the other two girls. Would it have made a difference? Would it have made a difference if she was the last one standing and he puts a ring on her finger And then she's watching the shit back because it's not like she's not going to watch it back. Who doesn't want to sit down and watch how the whole relationship flourished and played out? And then she dumps him, finding out that he was intimate with both Victoria and Hannah spoiled Anne. So at the end of the day it still wouldn't have made a difference. And to give an ultimatum and say, well, I cannot be with you if you are going to be with somebody else. Girlfriend, get it together. What do you think they're doing in Bachelor in Paradise? What you're not seeing off camera, you know they're finding a spot on the beach and they are getting it on. (laughs) I laugh because I'm thinking about all of this all of this stuff that goes on, you know, during the thing. And if you were watching The Bachelor and you were watching the promos they are having, are you, like, over a certain age, and are you looking for love? Because we all know that, you know, anybody who's, like, 21 years old, she has to, how many times have you seen, i got to get married, i got to have children, I'm on this timeline, my eggs are going to dry up. I mean, it's like, bitch, you don't even know how to wipe your ass, and you over here talking about how you need to find love right now. Come on, you 21 years old, get a grip on yourself, you're going to find it. Sooner or later, where's gonna find you? Give it time. Oh God. And now you have if you're over, you know, seniors for love or whatever. And what constitutes a senior? <laughs> That's what I wanna know. Is is it over fifty? Huh? Huh? Bachelor Producers? And does everybody have to be in shape? I mean, ugh. Oh, my God. I'm so did with this show. But I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to report back in. This coming Monday is the Women Tell All. And I'm sure they're going to have a lot to say. Who knows what's going to come out of Tammy's mouth? Because if anybody remembers Tammy, she goes, well, I want to see my boyfriend, too. And it's like, "Uh, listen, you are he's not your boyfriend. Like, he's dating all of these different women. It's There's a difference between having a boyfriend and then dating, two different things, like boyfriend, girlfriend is kind of like exclusivity if both of you don't want to see other people. And then dating is when he is exploring different people and he's not exclusive to one person. There's a big difference, Miss Tammy. She's not there on the show anymore, but I just needed to bring that up because I think people get confused. You know, when you're talking about. Like, when I was talking about the guy I like, that he was dating somebody else, well, is it a girlfriend or he's dating? I mean, what did I just say? I said he was dating, right? I didn't say that there was some type of exclusivity. Well, who knows what's going on in that route? So I just want to say that there is more stories to be told here. There will be more shots of sunset as the the show and, and the cast of characters unfold What's going to happen with MJ, people calling her messy. I mean, you know, I have no opinion right now on exactly whether or not she's messy. If if she did go back and tell Ali and, and set up destiny, why would she do that? I don't know. I don't know what she would get out of it. I mean, you know, does she hate her best friend that much? One needs to ask and wonder. And you have a friend like that that hates you that much and wants to see your demise, then maybe they shouldn't be your friend anymore. In closing, I want to say that in friendships, it's very important to have a level of consistency. Just the same way somebody looks for a level of consistency in relationships, it's very important to have a level of consistency with your friends. Sometimes you will have friends that will just have you as a friend when they need something. And then you have your lifelong friends that even though you may not hear from as often, the friendship never changes in the way of it will always be there and you know that that is the friend you could rely on for almost anything. And of course, within reason, because we grow up and we have our own lives. And then you have those short-term friendships where you're friends because maybe of circumstances or a situation that you're in, like maybe working, you work together, and then you're not there anymore or they're not there anymore anymore. And then that friendship ends because that friendship was based on that current situation. And maybe you really don't have anything else in common. I was lucky to, to not only still keep in touch with my childhood friends, but also that friends that I, that I've made with back in, in this law firm that I was working for that I'm still friends with today. I mean, we're talking about a long time ago and, um, And our friendships grew while they may not be the immediate people that I would go to if something happened or I needed something because I would feel more comfortable going to maybe a really good friend of mine that I know I could rely on. Friendships take on all different levels. And then, of course, you have the friendships that are more based on work related. You know, you're in the same field. You help each other out. You seek advice, et cetera, and then you have those those type of of friendships and um I look at it like this when somebody is just there for the mere fact of what they can get from you and then turn around and leave you for whatever reason that is, or chastise you or try and make you look bad, those are not real friends. Those are people who are only after themselves. Those are what I call the self-fulfilling egotistical people that, um, that really don't care about anybody. It makes you wonder what kind of relationships they have with their significant others. Um, And it can be discerning. But I think what's even more painful are those lifelong relationships that you have. And then it ends over something stupid, you know, like your insecurities with your friendship or jealousies, whatever the case may be. I believe when you have those lifelong friendships, you should always be able to sit down and talk to your friends about what is going on and how you are feeling. Now, don't get me wrong. Have I thought about past situations where I wish I could have taken that route and say, why, why didn't I sit down and talk with them? Why did I just stop? Um, and I didn't. Everything is a learning experience. That's just the way life is. So, For whatever the situation may be with this cast and what's going to happen, I hope the same for everybody else, that your friendships flourish and they get better and they get healthier. And you know what? Not everybody is meant to be your friend. Sometimes those people are the learning experience where you need to move on from them and find your own way with another person on another path. And the same goes with relationships. And I want to end it with this. As everybody knows, I was in a relationship for more than a year that didn't work out. That probably shouldn't have lasted longer than it did. And apparently, this person has been, I guess, following my social media and listening to the shows and and. Um, making, I guess, assumptions and, um, and just trying to play different routes to gain my sympathy. And I associate this with a con game because that's what con artists do. And when you find out that you've been conned, That's when you realize that the person who keeps doing this is not conning you anymore. So if you're listening, I just want to let you know that your game is over. I don't believe anything that you say. Stop writing to me. Stop texting me. Stop trying to find ways to reach out to me. I'm not interested and I don't care. So good luck with your life, whatever that may be, and I'm free. And I wanted to say that because it was really important. It is really important that if anybody feels that they're trapped in some kind of a relationship that's not real for them, that's not healthy, you can get out of it. Forget about feeling sorry for the person. They're going to find their own way. And trust that they're going to be all right. And that's that. And that's all we can do. And that's all I can do. I've got goals. (laughs) I've got dreams. I've got a lot of things that I'm working on that are way more important. And while my heart was set on somebody else and I still like them, the fact of the matter is, is that I cannot hunt down a person like the way I'm being hunted down by somebody else to try and force them to like me. People are going to want to be in a relationship with me. They will show that in a healthy way. It goes relationships. It goes with friendships. It goes with anything. When people want to be in your life, it will be in a healthy way. And if you don't feel that it's healthy, then it's time for you to move on. And that's that. So with all that being said, I want to thank everybody for taking the time out and listening to the show. Next week, who knows what we're going to be talking about. We'll probably be talking about the Women's Law with The Bachelor. We're going to talk a little bit about Shaws of Sunset. Of course, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of New Jersey. I, I definitely want to talk about that with the whole hair pulling thing. I'm sure that we're going to have our first reunion this coming Wednesday. I definitely want to discuss that. And um, and whatever else If you have any ideas That you'd like to hear on the show Please feel free to email me At mblueunfiltered At gmail.com Everything is on Maribelblueunfiltered.com And of course that page If you're interested in being interviewed For this show I would love to have you on This is not just me Talking about reality TV This is about everything That goes on in the world so With all that being said as I end all my shows, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember now my own my own little quote, and I'm like forgetting. Um, as I end all my shows, always remember, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and most importantly, take care of you. God damn it. <laughs> this is Maribel Blue signing off. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.